Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madged. Last episode, we tagged along with Lori, a 46-year-old bakery owner who went to see her doctor for three days of low back pain. We learned the types of questions that doctors want to know when evaluating low back pain. We review the anatomy of the low back spine, and then also the more worrisome signs and symptoms that require more immediate attention. We will now, on today's episode, review the causes of low back pain, explain how sciatica can play a role, and discuss imaging considerations, and finally, the treatment grand finale. But first, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes this podcast possible. Did you know that you can buy items for your own first aid kit on Amazon? Believe it or not, I even purchased my own stethoscope and blood pressure cuff from Amazon because it's fast and convenient. And if you start from the banner on quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon, you can help support our work. Just go to quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon and look for the banner. So initially, let's tackle the most common causes of low back pain. Number one is muscle strain. This is by far the most common cause of acute low back pain. We see this in those who bend or lift, who carry heavy loads, carrying children, for instance, is a common culprit, prolonged sitting or driving long distances, improper posture, or improper ergonomics at the workstation, or while working at home. The muscle gets pulled or overstretched and or stiffened, and then it subsequently becomes inflamed. This can take weeks to resolve, but should improve through time. It can be repetitive or chronic, however, if the improper activity triggering it also persists. A herniated disc can also cause low back pain. The words herniated disc can sound a little intimidating and scary. Bending over or lifting heavy objects can cause strain on the back, that causes the disc inside the spine to pop out, hence the word herniate. But truthfully, it is typically a benign and self-resolving pain. In fact, if you MRI a sample of the population randomly, many of us may have a herniated disc, but we don't all have pain. The treatment is similar to muscle strains. Arthritis is another cause. Degenerative changes in the spine are a finding that is often reported on a low back x-ray and it reflects arthritis. Like herniated discs, many of us have these changes and it's not always the cause of the pain. If the changes are significant, however, it can irritate the structures of the lower back and cause discomfort. Spinal stenosis is also another finding that is reported on imaging. The spine has a central canal. Think of it like a hose that houses the nerves that run through and down the spine, like water in a hose. If this canal is stenotic or tightened, then it can impinge on the nerves and cause sciatica, tingling, numbness, or weakness in the legs. Mild and moderate stenosis is not always of concern, but if it's severe and or the symptoms become chronic, then it's something that may require further evaluation. Weight gain. There's no doubt, as our patient Lori has realized, that the more weight that you carry on your joints and muscles, the more likely you are to injure those structures. And the same goes for the lower back. Weight loss is key. Spine compression fractures can also cause low back pain. These are fractures of the spine that cause it to compress, sometimes losing height if severe enough. They are more of a concern in the elderly population, those with osteoporosis or risk factors for osteoporosis, and those with trauma. 
And lastly, other less common causes are things like cauda equina syndrome, spinal infections, epidural abscesses, vertebral osteomyelitis, and transverse myelitis. I know you do not have to know what any of these words really mean. They really are much, much less common causes of low back pain, but are often an emergency. So all you need to know are the red flags that can cause back pain. And you can make sure to review the previous low back red flags discussed in the prior episode that can be caused by these serious low back conditions. So what is sciatica? You may have heard this term that refers to the sciatic nerve that leaves the lower spine and travels down the back of the leg. So if that region around the spine is inflamed from, let's say, a muscle strain or a herniated disc impinging on the sciatic nerve, then this nerve can also become inflamed, and this will cause radiation of the pain from the lower back down to the back of the leg. As the inflammation in the lower spine diminishes, however, the sciatica does resolve. Unfortunately, Lori's left muscle strain has aggravated her sciatic nerve, and that is the reason for the radiating pain down the left leg. So let's talk a little bit about diagnostic testing for low back pain. Most patients with acute low back pain do not require imaging. Yes, that's right. You heard that correctly. Studies show that imaging the lower back via x-rays or even MRI do not typically change the ultimate treatment or outcome of the acute low back pain. So meaning other words, if it's not going to change what I do with you and how I treat it, then what is really the point of knowing that you have a herniated disc there? The treatment will remain the same. And typically outcome also remains the same. So most low back pain is short term and is treated in the same way conservatively, no matter what imaging shows. Imaging is recommended, however, I need to say, if there are severe or progressive neurologic symptoms, if there are red flags that may indicate more serious roots of the pain like I discussed in the prior episode, or if surgical treatment or epidural injections are being considered. Studies show that total health expenditures are over $100 billion annually in the US. And honestly, unnecessary MRIs contribute to the skyrocketing healthcare costs of this country and ultimately places the financial burden on all of us. All right, so let's discuss how to treat low back pain. Low back pain is typically treated conservatively, like I said. What does that actually mean? Well, if you know how doctors typically treat non-concerning low back pain, then you can use the following tips to treat it on your own at home. But of course, always check with your doctor first. So first of all, one of the most simplest thing you can do is applying ice or heat. Ice aids with acute inflammation and heat loosens the muscle. And even rotating each for 20 minutes can also help. But in general, our advice is you use whichever one helps your symptoms. If they both help, then use both. If it's only one, then use just that one. Stretching. The last thing you wanna do is remain inactive. Bed rest actually does not help low back pain and can actually worsen it. Continuing with your daily activities is really vital. And then adding stretching exercises on a daily basis can help the muscles from stiffening. I've placed a link to some examples of low back stretching exercises that you can find on the transcript to this podcast on the Quick and Dirty Tips website. A back brace. This is a structural support for the back and it can help take some of the pressure off the inflamed muscles. Where can you find them? Pretty much at every local drugstore. Pain relievers. 
Over-the-counter anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen are one of the mainstays of treatment. Not only do they help relieve the pain, but they also fight the inflammation. A common regimen is ibuprofen 600 milligrams, always with food, three times a day for a time period, like let's say one week, and then afterwards as needed. Not everyone can take them, however, so please ask your doctor first. Otherwise, acetaminophen is another over-the-counter option but lacks anti-inflammatory properties. Muscle relaxants, they can also help loosen up the muscles for some, but it does not attack the underlying problem, which is the inflammation. They tend to be sedating, so be careful. Do not drive, do not drink alcohol with it, and take it at bedtime. Corticosteroids are another tool that some of us doctors may use, especially with those with sciatica. However, it is typically a short-term course because long-term steroids have harmful effects. Activity modification. What does this mean? Well, use common sense. If you're weightlifting 100 pounds at the gym, lay off that machine until your pain is resolved. Perhaps you can refrain from carrying your five-year-old for some time. If you drive long distances, stop to take a stretch frequently. Proper posture and work ergonomics are also important to address because they are common causes of low back pain. So ask your employer if there's an ergonomic eval of your workstation that can be obtained. And really, it's a place that you spend hours each day, so it's pretty important. If you're wondering what a proper ergonomic position would look like at a workstation, I did place the link again on the transcript for this podcast. Physical therapy is another aid that can help in strengthening your lower back muscles and improving your range of motion and really functioning. And there you have it. Those are my tips on how to treat low back pain. As you can see, most of them are conservative treatment options and changes that you really can make on your own. For Lori's three days of low back pain, I prescribed her one week of ibuprofen around the clock and then as needed. And then I asked her to use a heating pad and rotate it every 20 minutes with ice several times a day. I gave her a handout on low back stretching exercises. And I asked her to return in one month if she's not improved. We also discussed the need for weight loss to help prevent future flare-ups. And Lori came back to me to see me again in one month, but this time it was for a pap smear. Thankfully, her low back pain resolved after two to three weeks, and she's now back to her normal activity. So irregardless of how you attack low back pain, I always think that it's best to err on the side of caution and see your doctor if you are concerned in any way. It's always better to be safe than sorry. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. And if you learned anything here today, or you simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctors podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. If you're listening to this, I'm guessing that you're a podcast fan. During the month of March, Quick and Dirty Tips is joining hundreds of other shows to get people as excited about podcasting as we are. And we'd like for you to help. Here's how. Think of a few shows that you love and then reach out to a coworker, friend, or relative and then tell them why they may enjoy it too. 
or you can share your recommendations on social media. When you do, make sure to include hashtag tripod, that's T-R-Y-P-O-D, to help spread the word about amazing shows. That's T-R-Y-P-O-D. Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of The House Call Doctor. Catch you next time. Bye.